House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast, houseofrun at gmail.com. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Jason Halpin. We did not record an episode last week, and we are bringing this episode to you probably free of a lot of running talk because, my goodness, has the world changed. It is good, though, Jason, to hear your voice again and to do the show again. How are you? Yeah, it's been a bad couple weeks. I mean, obviously, there's all the craziness that's going on in the world, but uh, I actually had nothing to do with the last week. Uh, I had just, as a lot of people know, I announced like last year, my mom got diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, she passed away last week. And so, yeah, wasn't wasn't quite feeling up to record in a running podcast. But, um, you know, now, yeah, now things got just crazy for everyone. So, uh I don't know. We're going to figure out some stuff to talk about, I guess, going forward. I'm not sure. I I can't imagine just those two events back to back. I mean, people are having enough trouble just coming to grips with like the fact that the entire world has changed so dramatically, but I mean after after what happened to to your family, that's just that's rough. That's rough, man. Yeah, I got to be honest. The whole all this, uh, you know, my company shutting down, all that stuff, not really bugging me too much right now. I mean, it's just perspective. And it's obviously this is very serious, like all the stuff that's happening in the world. But there was a lot uh, a couple weeks leading up to, to uh, you know, for my family. And so, yeah, this stuff just isn't quite uh, quite hitting the same way. So, uh, yeah, I'll be okay with this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as we talked about before when she got sick, I just... Man, we just your mom was so awesome and she was such a great like in terms of this show, in terms of like running, like your mom was just like the ultimate running mom. Um <laughs> Definitely. So, like I'll never there's these moments, um, and you probably have this too, like from like throughout high school running, just like snapshots in your head of just like random yeah, meets. Sure. And none of them are like none of them are particular there's no rhyme or reason behind any of them. It's not like, oh, this is when I ran my best time. It's just weird moments that stick out in your yeah. head and one of them i can literally envision it right now is i fit uh is is your mom at, it was a home meet running about five meters next to you as you kicked down the home stretch like i can see it right now because she would run if she could have run every meter with you she could have uh, oh yeah for sure but 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 she at least kicked with you which Guys, if for those who don't know, Jason had a good kick. So the fact that his mom was keeping <laughs> up uh, was just was just sensational. But that's just one like I have that just stuck in my head, uh, and maybe because she did it so many times. That, yeah, that it, it was, was definitely like, every race. Like was I mean, she was there basically every race, and she would uh, yeah those last you know fifty meters or so, she would run as much of it as she could as as uh, as we were going down. I you know we were in the same races a lot of times, so yeah, I I, I obviously saw it every race, but. Uh, you know, you were ahead of me on a bunch of those, so you probably didn't even see it. Well, I turned around. I had so much time because I was so far ahead. Well, I, that's what that's what I was trying to you figure out. You already on like, the cooldown, and uh... well, too. I would, yeah, right. No, I would hear her too. I would hear right. her. Oh, yeah, and that's no, she how was I very, knew. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how I knew like I had to go because you were always you were always coming hard in that last half mile. So when I heard her, uh, like I knew I had to get you up and go because you were coming and and you were and then if I saw her running, my goodness, you were really close <laughs> because at that point <laughs> it was like trying to jump onto a train. But yeah, man, just uh, obviously feel terrible for you and your family. And I, I mean, as as we talked about when when she was first diagnosed. You know, the listeners don't know, you know, didn't know uh, your mom. But if you listen to the show, you like Jason and like so many of Jason's traits um, were your mom's traits, sense of humor, generosity, uh, just like your view of the world. Uh, and, and the reason probably why people just put this in their ears and they go run and they just listen to two people talk about running in a carefree manner. And I just, yeah. And the, I mean, I saw her at your wedding and the same way she was always just super upbeat, super happy, and uh, always so proud of you. So I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I just – I want to share that with the listeners because they didn't have the privilege um, to know her like I did. No, thank you. That's that's very nice. She was – she really was amazing. So it was uh, it was tough. Sorry. Now I'm crying. But uh, I'll be all right. We'll get to some – we'll get to some running stuff. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. I no, no. It's okay. It, it happens multiple times a day. So it'll, it'll, you know, we'll get past it and I'll be, we'll be joking before you know it because that's how the helpings handle things. <laughs> I know. It's not just you, right? It's everybody. It's everybody. Oh, yeah. Like. No, yeah. We're, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it was, she was in hospital for a couple of weeks leading up to it and it, you know, it was extremely difficult, uh, obviously, but it was the mix, the back and forth of, a room full of people just like laughing at like stupid, sometimes inappropriate times and jokes and going back and forth between like, you know, obviously just being overwhelmed with emotion, crying and everything. But it's, it's definitely something, um, you know, where we're, yeah, the whole family, we kind of have that thing where we'll just can't take anything too seriously. Even, you know, the most serious stuff, it's like, it'll, it'll crush you if you don't, if you don't allow yourself to joke about it a little bit. Mm hmm. And yeah, and then you go from that right to this, which is, yeah, which is I mean, pretty crazy. Multiple, I mean, this is yeah, multiple, yeah, multiple people like with similar feelings um, now. And we got a bunch of emails, and I kind of with the emails, so many of them are now out of it's. It's like a relic, like people asking about running, right? It's like, oh, that was so quaint. We used to talk about. This running thing. Uh, if you're wondering what events have been canceled because of the coronavirus, the answer is all of them, and you already know yep. that by now. Uh, I mean, they're running races in South Africa. Caster Semenya wants to run a 200. The fall marathon schedule now is crazy because everything is uh, postponed. I know your trip to, to London is off, which is, <laughs> again, just a complete bummer because I know how much you look forward to to that trip and getting out there and mostly seeing the Cuddy Sark and Kipchoge yeah. and Kale and it's just, yeah, that was a bummer bad, for sure. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, was, I thought this would be like an uplifting thing. Right. No, it's, you know, a day we'll, we'll figure out a way to, to get out there and do something. It's, I mean, it, you know, and yeah, and the biggest thing, vacation isn't the biggest deal, but like everybody has those things where you're just like, man, this kind of screwed up that one thing there or, you know, just, just those little things that that it affects. We're obviously a lot of people are affected in really big ways. Um, but yeah, even just like, hey, if it screwed up your vacation, if it screwed up something you had planned, like that, that's that sucks. And you're allowed to feel crappy about that, even if it's not that big of a deal in the uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I don't think anybody, 
anybody would blame you for for being bummed out about that. I mean, from yeah, from the very specific insular running world, it's oh man, Kipchoge and Bekele was going to be awesome. That was going to be yeah. I mean, hopefully it's not like oh man, we missed our chance. Like because you never know with I mean Bekele's you know way up there in age, and he has. He's had some obviously amazing marathons. He ran two hundred one recently, but he's also, you know, had the the bad shows. And it's like, how many good ones does he have left? If we have to wait a year or whatever for another mm-hmm. matchup of them, is that do we, do we miss out on that opportunity? Um, I mean, Kipchoge is going to be good forever, so I guess we don't have to worry about him. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> one of those those little things that you're like, oh man, did we did we miss miss our chance here? So this is how the schedule looks for the fall, pending. Other cancellations, which we don't know. So, we don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. I'll be answering questions. I'll put on my epidemiologist uh, hat at the end of the show. You should pepper me with questions because I've read all the tweets. So, I'm pretty pretty <laughs> well-versed on it. The beginning of August, we have the Olympics. Yep. The marathon for the women is on August 8th. And then the men, it's the day after. Then September 14th is the new date of the Boston Marathon. Boston Marathon Perfect. in the fall. Okay. So, 40-ish yeah. days later. Not even. Yeah. Uh, so two weeks after that is Berlin in its normal spot. Okay. Yep. One week after that is London, October 4th. One week after that is Chicago. Showcase Berlin, London double really more <laughs> impressive. Right. One week after that is Chicago. So you go back to back. You go Berlin, London, Chicago, three weekends in a row. And then Jeez. November 1st, New York City in the normal spot. So basically all the major marathons are within six weeks of each other. Yeah, which is going to be, I mean, interesting to watch for sure. But granted, like, I mean, it's one thing if it was a world championship here, you'd be like, okay, well, the the, the fields will be spread out more because you can only run one of Boston, Berlin, London, Chicago, New York, um, where obviously normally some of those are spring and some are fall. Uh, but now you have the Olympics, which like, hey, everyone cares about the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. So who's going to try to double back? Some people definitely will. I don't know. You know, by the time you, if, when you get to London, Chicago, you're two months out from the Olympics. It's a close cut, but like maybe doable. Maybe New York gets like a whole bunch because it's almost three months out. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be really weird fields for all of these. Like there's going to be some random, random winners, right? For... Oh yeah, Boston, Berlin, London. I mean, like, because it's it, it it's probably going to be a lot of guys who did and girls who didn't make the, the Olympics, right? I mean, that's that's going to be mainly who it is. So, uh, still plenty of good runners because Kenya has more than three good marathoners. The U.S. has more than three <laughs> good marathoners. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting. The the fun, well, the the interesting thing is, will the fields hold? Like, how binding were those contracts? Yeah, does good point. Yeah. Like, is is Kipchoge obligated to run in London still? Because right, that's that's quite a big turnaround, and he's the big star. Everybody's going to want him there, but you, he's also going to want to run at the Olympics. He's already been picked for the Olympic team, and that was a controversial decision because Athletics <laughs> Kenya. You never. It just it feels good to make fun of Athletics Kenya again. Let me just say that. Let me just yeah. That's that's, that's cut the tension with a knife good. there. Yeah, you'll drop in a Safa Powell joke here any moment, and then I'll be like, yep. "Okay, I don't feel back. guilty about talking about stupid sports." Um, just kidding, I love sports. Yeah, I so I, I don't know. Like, does Des Linden have to run 
Boston still because she was in Boston in the spring. I mean, I would guess she would because she loves that marathon and she's not in the Olympics, but yeah, that's interesting. What if, let me just go this far. I mean, what if the Olympics are canceled? Yeah, right. Possibility for sure. Yeah. So then you'll have even, I, I guess it would be, it would be, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine a world where the Olympics would be canceled, but the September 14th Boston Marathon would still go on. I don't know. Maybe it would be a regional sort of thing at that point. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Also, you know, staging the Olympics, way bigger than skate, staging yes. just a major marathon. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know what this looks like. Nobody knows what this looks like because it's literally never happened before. And it certainly is bizarre to see a fall schedule that looks like that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. I mean, I guess on the bright side, well, say say let's say the Olympics goes on and all these go on, uh, man, Americans might have a decent shot to win a, some major marathons here because, well, not only will the fields be, right. be thinned out a little bit, but also all of those upsets that happen in the Olympic trials. You've got a really strong, apparently Boston, Berlin, London, Chicago, New York fields because uh, none yeah. of the favorites did anything in the in the trials. So yeah, be interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, in the midst of all the cancellations, it was it was just a laundry list, one meet after the other, after the other, after the other. And then randomly on the running feed popped up, Caster Semenya going to run the 200. And it was just, <laughs> yeah. first it was a reminder of how terrible the decision was to not let her run the 800. So that was, yeah. was good, good refresher there. But also, this... This was surprising. I think when we talked about all the possible possible scenarios of what she would do after she was no longer allowed to compete in anything from the 400 of the mile, we probably mentioned the 200, but it was an afterthought. I probably thought, oh, she'll try to do the steeple or the 5,000 before she does the 200, but there she is. She ran 23.49, which is uh, 0.7 seconds off the Olympic standard. So she yeah. needs to drop some time, but she's she's out there running two hundreds, Jace. Yeah, and I I mean, I would probably I mean, assuming any meets happen and everything else, yeah, like right. I, I would I would bet on her getting to twenty two eight. I don't think I'd bet on her getting to like medal position, um, but I, I think she could get right around that range that that qualifying range. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, the 800, 200, like that's, there's a reason that's not a double. It's a very yeah. strange combo uh, of things, but, uh, you know, obviously an insanely good athlete. I just, uh, yeah, like I said, I think she could get to 22, eight. I, I would be surprised if, you know, she could get like in the low 22s or something like that. That's just such a, such a big leap to make. The fact, if she could make the team, that would be amazing. Oh, she, ab- make I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, what other 800 meter runner could make it in the 200? Right? Yeah. I mean, that's I like, man. I, I mean, what's the. Yeah, there's just no. I mean, that'd be like Donovan Brazier saying he wants to, like, make it in the NFL or something. You know, that'd be just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is just absurd because it's, we just know how. I mean, we know how insane the 800 is and how just impossible because it's the. You know, it's kind of the breaking point between sprints and, and distance. Like, it's, it's just like this ungodly difficult like brutal thing 
um, but it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily lend itself to stuff shorter or longer. I mean, maybe the you know fifteen hundred, sure, but like after that, things things change. And yeah, I definitely would have guessed like the five k. Um, you know, yeah. doesn't particularly look like a five k runner. You know, just like but fifteen ten. I, I, I yeah, it's it's more ex, you know exciting to. It's definitely fun. You know, it's it, the running world's more fun with Gaspar Semenya in it. Mm-hmm. So the men's 200 standard, if you're trying to look at the equivalent mm-hmm. on the men's side of things, 20.24. <laughs> Can you imagine a current 800 okay. meter runner dropping a 20.2? That's. Man. I would love to know, like, if Brazier, like, try, like focused on, like, how fast you think he could get. I mean, that's like 20.2. I mean, these are basic. You're basically saying you'd have to qualify for the NCAA final. In right. Essence, right, which I like, yeah, and I'm kind of feeling like somebody could, like, and maybe Brazier, you know, Brazier's the right, maybe Brazier's not like, necessarily the best. He's the best 800 meter in the world. Maybe he's not the best translating to the 200. But like, I feel like there's maybe one or two guys who could. But maybe I'm just being totally illogical. Like, like guys who could get in that 20.3, maybe 20.2 range on the on the perfect day. But maybe I I'm mean, just, I just underselling how good 20.2 is. I think you might be. I'm when I said Rodisha, I meant like Rodisha. If his whole life he had just transit, he had just been a sprinter from the get go. Like he would have had that potential to do something special because he'd run a fast four hundred. Uh, like while he's running, once he decided to become an eight hundred runner, I think twenty point two. I mean twenty point two is we we are immune to them because there's so many sub twenties. But think about how many diamond leagues that are one over twenty seconds, and we're like, ha ha ha, it's not very good. But they're still you know, the fastest people in the world. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not, yeah. It, Lyle's, it, there's, a, there's definitely like a top tier, but there's also a whole bunch of really, really good people who are always running 19.9s and 20.1s. So to think somebody who could run a fast 800 and a fast 1500, she's run a fast 1500, Jace. Yeah. Could, yeah, she, could qualify mean, for the Olympics. It's, that's crazy. You have to find that 800 runner who is like the good 400 meter run. Like there is the occasional like 400, 800 crossover runner kind of, it's like a rare thing, but you do kind of see yeah. some runners that do that. You, so you find the one who's more like that because you know, 400, a, a decent amount of really good 400 runners can run 20.2, you know, but uh, that's, that's your best chance because that's kind of what Semenya is. But yeah, she's also, you know, a 1500 meter runner. So she's, she's kind of yeah. in her own league. Well, but then you look, okay, she ran 49 seconds in a 400. If you run 49 yeah. in a 400, can you run a 22.8, right? Like, that's, that's where it yeah, starts to become. Say, that's where I kind of, yeah, but, you know, buy it. But Yeah, like, there's not, that, and that's tougher to find equivalents across the board. I looked at, I'm looking at last year's NCAA uh, results, and this, granted, it was fast because the UT track was super fast last year. Um, 22.65 was the last time into the final for the women. And 22.80 actually was the uh, the first time out. So you had to run an Olympic oh, okay. standard to make it to make it to the NCAA final last year. So that's – and then on the men's side, let's see how fast you had to run on the men's side. Let's see if, the, how, if these match up. This is the type of stuff that people were missing with this podcast. Uh, <laughs> last person in, 20.44. And what did I say the standard mm-hmm. was? 20.24. So – yeah, yeah. So a little bit, uh, a little, a, a tad slower. But I just, again, it's just hard to believe 
someone who could run an 800 and a 1500 at the Diamond League level could drop down and make the NCAA 200-meter final. <laughs> it just doesn't, doesn't right. seem possible. Um, but definitely fun to watch if there's track. Definitely fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I said, it, Borsamania is good one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other South African news, because they're just going ahead as normal. Uh, Sambini ran 991. That might be the world lead. That might end the year as the fastest time. So congrats to him on winning IAAF. Oh, no, Mondo's got it. Never mind. Mondo has it. So, Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> Mondo got his world records in strategically. Smart, man. That's the way to do it. But, yeah, Sambini dropping 991. I mean, he drops 991, I don't know, in half the races he runs i feel like but uh mm-hmm. yeah to, to start off the the season that way sure, yeah he's really hoping there's an olympics like everybody is yeah please 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 is what he's saying <sighs> okay oh do you want to hear about my trip to albuquerque yeah absolutely so i went out to albuquerque to cover the ncaa indoor championships and yes at that point when we left it was there was no uh, spectators allowed other than parents and then essential meat personnel when I left. And I mean, I had been following the news. Uh, I was conflicted about it, but part of me thought, okay, well, if there's a meet, we can at least provide some coverage. So, and people can't attend in my own weird way. I was like, well, that's sort of a service that I'm providing coverage. So people no, who care about the meat true. can get more information. And then the other reason I thought, well, if this gets canceled, it would be good to have someone there to witness it, write about it, be able to talk about it, and share what it was like for a meet to get canceled uh, a day before it's supposed to go off. So as I mentioned, when we took off on the plane, parents were allowed. And then when we landed, parents weren't allowed. And then when we were landing, we landed also the conference basketball tournaments started getting canceled. And when I was waiting in a very long line to get a rental car, I was just checking my phone, and it just became increasingly unlikely that it was going to happen. So when I got to the track about noon. This is the day before the meet, right? And everyone's out doing pre-meet stuff, strides, starts, baton, handoffs, et cetera, et cetera. It looks just like a normal meet. Um, but I just you know, had a feeling it was going <laughs> to get called off at any moment, and you talk, you wander around, talk to the coaches, and some of them were like, "Yeah, I got a flight book for tomorrow morning, just in case." Type deal, and a lot of them were also like, "No, we're here to run. We're here to run. We're here to run." But they were very, <laughs> "Oh, so do you think the meet's gonna happen? We're gonna run. We're ready to run. Yep, we're ready." <laughs> Basically, like you know, because you got to put. It's all you, you can gotta, do. If because if it does go off, like if you do have the meet, it'd be a weird feeling to think. Okay, it's off. It's on. Like I think you default to the headspace of oh, this meet's happening, right? And then if it doesn't, yes, then you deal with that. Uh, and then a little bit after two local time, the ba- like once actually once once I saw that Duke and Can- it was Duke and Kansas right pulled out of the NCAA basketball tournament. Do I, I have that right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so then and I was like, there's not Duke be- Kansas and then like one or two others. It's like okay, there's the end of that. They haven't announced it, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, it was just dead man walking at that point. And then, and then it was like, boom, boom. The thing that I think hit people really hard, and it's what surprised me, was that they did outdoor at the same time. So people went from, oh, we're competing in the indoor championships. And if you're a senior, oh, I'm competing in this indoor championships too. 
my career is potentially over in the span of yeah. an afternoon, which was really wild. So then, you know, scrambling around trying once the official word got out, um, and there were teams filing in and filing out. Uh, oh, I should mention. So after Duke and Kansas pulled out um, of the NCAA basketball tournament, things were progressing as normal. But then we got word, okay, the ACC is pulling all their teams. Then it was the Big Ten is pulling all their teams. And then I thought, are they really going to have a national championship with missing two conferences? That didn't seem likely at all. The NCAA is like, hey, man, we got to do this. This is important. We need a lot of money. I mean, it's important for kids. Well, in retrospect, it's like, what if they did have the meet and literally the only thing going on on Friday and Saturday in sports was like, yeah, but the NCAA indoor track meet at the Albuquerque Convention Center just just <laughs> yeah. moved right ahead. Like, in retrospect, it seems like like once the NBA Insane. and one coach told me this, one coach said, once Rudy Gobert tested positive, it was over for all this. This was over. Like, basically, yeah. we shouldn't have even gone on a plane because that was the defining moment, really. Yeah, you can't. You know, the NBA cancels first, and then other leagues follow shortly behind. Once pro athletes, who are getting paid millions of dollars, get their season stopped, you can't send children who are unpaid to go compete. You you just can't. Like, that's the worst look in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, like, it's... I'm sure the kids want to compete, and, dude, if I was... If I was, especially, I was a senior during that time, like, any... You know, like I said, there's always some bigger thing to look at and you know some bigger perspective to have but if man if you're a senior that sucks like you're okay to be like really bummed yeah. out about that like that's a brutal situation a, a bad hand to be dealt um you know does running matter that much no but like yeah it kind of does if you've been doing that your whole college career and you're so you know trying to do one last big race and one more pr and one more whatever like get a contract man, a, maybe that sucks yeah, yeah, you maybe contract on the line, or you know, you mm-hmm. hey, if I'm right on the border, maybe if I do well, like you know, I'm trying to make the Olympic trials, maybe not even the Olympics, but like there's so many things that mm-hmm. you know kind of just get thrown uh, thrown off. It's uh, it's like we all understand, of course, why it happens, but it still doesn't change it for the athletes. That's a it it sucks. A lot of crying going on. There were a lot of motivational speeches. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was like surreal. It was just a strange – because like I said, not everybody was there. It was just like the group that happened to be there during their pre-meet. Some had already done their pre-meet and probably were back in their hotel and then went in the right. van and drove to the airport and went home and that was that was it. But um, it was strange. And the strangest moment was for me, uh, these two – people were joking People because it was just like everybody was just walking around the track at that point in sort of this – zombie state not knowing what to do or yeah. where to go right and a lot of them had all this pent-up energy and they didn't know what to do so these two virginia tech guys raced the 400 like they took like stripped down to their jerseys and like went all out in the 400 and people started cheering yeah. the people that were there were started cheering and I, when they started i think i was doing an interview or something but by the time they were on their second lap i had, I had finished and i was watching them going around and it was the most random moment but also the most, I guess, illustrative moment for this whole – this was the, the – like this is the whole couple days that I was there, or I guess 36 hours there, uh, personified was with 50 meters to go, Matt Bowling <laughs> – 
jumps yeah. in the race. I didn't even see him. Maybe the most fam- the most famous guy at the meet. Yeah. Not, yes. Yes. And I had, right? look. Yeah. So, it has to be right. And I had forgot. Jace, I had forgotten he was even in the meet. I had forgotten he was even in the right. meet because I kind of did too until I read your recap of, of all this. If you haven't read it on Fangraphs, it was Fangraphs. <laughs> um, flow track. <laughs> Kevin One day, Jace. Fangraphs. It's really One good. Um, uh, on flow track, it was it was very good. I I, I thought you did a, a really good job of kind of, of painting the picture of what was going on there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pumped for my Fangraphs uh, royalties. And he comes off of like this. He was just hanging out in lane six or something with his teammates. And he just sprinted the last 50 meters past everybody and people were kind of laughing and it was so yeah it was just so weird that i had completely forgotten he was there and then i just i got really bummed out about oh like he was gonna race like this was his first college race and then in the spring we were gonna see him race again and it just it, it sort of summed up just the feeling of you never know there's always unanswered questions, right? NAU was trying to win a title only with distance runners, right? For the men. And mm-hmm. sort of avenge their cross-country loss, and they were going to take it out on the indoor track. And that was going to be a cool thing to watch. You'd see Bowling's first NCAA championship, how that would play out. On the women's side, Danny Jones was going for this 800-mile double, which if she did it, Jay, she would have had titles at 800, mile, 3,000, 5,000, DMR and cross country. Talk about range. She would <laughs> have had an eight. An that's Hassan level. Yeah, eight hundred to cross country. She would have had titles in both of those things. That is preposterous. So all these things we didn't get, and we're never. I don't think you can't get those back because the conditions are never going to be the same for that. Even if I know they're going to grant people extra eligibility for spring, which they should because they're not even competing in all in spring. Even if they grant them extra eligibility for for winter it's just it's just going to be it's just going to be different but the sight of like bowling just popping out of nowhere like hey guys i'm still here we do 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 was so was so strange um and i guess going back to what you said before it's like people like to laugh in times of uh times of trouble and times of tragedy and for some it was just like grief because they didn't know what to do and it was like a light moment yeah and all this heavy stuff and there was a couple other light moments people joking about racing and team you know different coaches going up different coaches saying oh we were gonna win this year no i was gonna have this person on anchor <laughs> like they were just making up like yeah. lineups that they weren't gonna run um but then yeah, yeah and you're like, like oh this is not gonna thing, happen just... yeah well but it was like this is not gonna happen and not only is it not gonna happen this month it's not gonna happen for the next several months so, yeah, it was sad, and just the whole idea of like bowling was just chilling over there. <laughs> yeah, it was just so weird. That's... So then I got on a plane the next, I stayed that night, got on a plane the next morning, and came back. So I was there for thirty six, thirty six hours, but it was a very long thirty six hours because of just how much yeah, it just felt like I left, and then everything changed, and I came back basically. Yeah, that's really crazy. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I you know I nothing bad happened, so I'm glad you were there to kind of like. <laughs> kind of you know see what it was like and, and whatnot and it was just it was like i said it was a, a really well written article Fangraphs is lucky to have you um <laughs> oh my brain hasn't been working right for a few weeks oh no no problem at all should we try to get through some of these emails yeah we've got tons we got you know two two weeks worth here so we'll uh yeah even and, ones that you know maybe aren't <laughs> quite as relevant we'll do what we can 
yeah, we'll we'll read them and uh, try to provide context as uh, as possible here. Uh, here's Steve in Dorset in the UK. He says, with the results mm. in both. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, you got us. Steve, it's your fault. Fly Jason <laughs> out there. Uh, with the results in both the men's and women's trials, are you happy with the process of deciding the team on a one-off race? You mentioned that Rupp mm. has a legitimate sh- that only Rupp has a legitimate shot at a medal. Although Molly is an unknown, you never know what can happen in the Olympics. So it now feels like you are sending six athletes with only one medal shot. Would you rather a British-like approach where a selection committee chooses one or two of the runners, <laughs> with the rest being decided by the race? If so, who would you choose as your automatic selections and who misses out? Rupp, first race since splitting from Salazar went well. Do you expect him to continue to improve without Salazar? Um, and he also mentions Gwen Jorgensen. I've not seen much about her race or lack of qualifying. Well, she had run the marathon trials. She's focused now on the 10K, the 5K. Um, okay, so do you want a UK situation? Uh, so I, I do like the US version. Uh, I, I think there are times, certainly, when you could say, hey, the UK version when they decide to send runners who qualify um can send a stronger team because like if you say you have the very obvious just like trump card the the real Mm. obvious medal threat or or even gold medal favorite and something weird happens at the trials and you have that that just in your back pocket to be able to pull out and go hey we you know we kind of want this person at the Olympics. Like I get that. And I, I don't even, I'm not gonna even say like, Oh, that the, the British selection stuff is, is a bad move. Um, but in this case, I said, overall, I do prefer that for the U S because it's like, Hey, show up, do your job. And that's the way it is. Like it's, you, you have to qualify for the team. You have to, to show up and, and do it. Um, but also in this case, God, can you imagine trying to pick right. which woman, you would add to this team. Yeah. It's impossible. No, I I have no idea what the argument is and it would just end up. I would rather reward the top three in this situation than try to arbitrarily pick like, okay, well, um, I guess Des Linden would be like the obvious safe choice that no one could get too mad at. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So then you, because everybody else, I feel like you, you would just, you could have real easy arguments for why the, they don't belong. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on this are well-known. I think any country that's big enough and has a huge amount of qualifiers, like the United States, should do the trials. I think you should pick your team based on how the meet is going to transpire, which is a one, it's going to be a one-off race at the Olympics. And for the reason you said, okay, what's the alternative? How would you possibly pick like this year? How would you possibly figure, sort that out? Yeah, it's easy when you say Rupp, okay, yeah, he's on the team. You know, if Rupp finished six, oh, name him to the team. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, there's the... Or the, like the Kenny Harrison year. Okay, but here's that example. Here's here's a good example. Point to me how many times there's been an obvious person who missed the team. It, the, the main example during the life of this podcast is Kenny Harrison. All right? In 2016. Went on later that summer, set the world record. Uh, there's two things that are important about that. One, do you remember the result? of the U.S. team in Rio that year? Yep. Gold, silver, bronze. They, they swept it. Okay? Yeah, they did all right. Now... And Kenny Harrison, you know, maybe not the best history of coming through. Right. Like, who knows? So exa- so that's my point. As, as you've been well-documented on this show, uh, you compared it against Zebe Dababa in very unfair attacks. Uh, You're right, because Dababa has better. But... but- <laughs> 
But if she ran, like if she was just named to the team, right? Like, does that make the U.S. team stronger? Like you think it would, except the whole the ability to perform on the day is really important at the Olympics. And if you can't demonstrate it at the trials, yeah. that's a real thing. That's a real part of competition that you have to test for. So, no, I don't. I don't like it. I like the way it is. I think. I mean, who's to say Abdi's not going to finish better than Jared Ward at the Olympics if they had the if if they were if you had, could run that simulation right? Like, yeah, we never would have c- considered Abdi being that good and being able to finish top three, but he did it. So who's to say he can't do it again in in Tokyo or Sapporo, wherever the marathon is? Uh, you know, same thing with with Jake Riley. Like, no, you line him up and you run. That's the most. That's the the the, the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the only time, and like I said, I'm still fine with the U.S. I'd still take that overall. Um, you know, if you have the like they said the ultimate trump card, and you would have thought Harrison was, but something happened. But like you know, the Radisha level, the Bolt level, where it's like, hey, for whatever reason, their season got delayed or they, but they always started make it. or they whatever always, it is. Yeah. I guess you, Bolt once didn't do it, yeah. but that was an injury, right? Bolts was like they held him out as a precaution, but if he. If he could have run, he would have run, and he would have qualified. It's just, it never really happens. Right. I just say, it, it, it's so rare that, that I think that would be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those, those occasional moments where you go, man, I wish there was a way we could just put them on the team, because clearly, they're the, you know, the best one. Um, but overall, I, I like rewarding, you know, the people who are there and show up, and it's, it's that matters. I'm sure there's more examples of this, but... I can't think of trial situations in the U.S. where there's been people left off that were guaranteed medal people. Obviously, the whole the whole Dan and Dave debacle from 92 in the decathlon. <laughs> right. And then I remember in 2012, David Oliver missed the team. But the U.S. team is so deep in the hurdles. And then 2016, Harrison missing the team. But it wasn't a situation where there was these these monumental upsets with these with these uh, underdogs and, you know, beating people who had personal bests that were much better than them because the better people usually win. That's why they're better. Right. And then, and then there's a little margin of error because it's not, you have to win. You can only win to get on the team. You can finish in the top three, still make the team. Um, and so I just in like practical terms, uh, it also, I don't think it's that, that necessary. And Britain likes to confuse things. I mean, they like to mess. I mean, how's Brexit going, guys? You got that all sorted out? <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, because n- none of their guarantee ones. There's, there's, you know, there was the weird women's eight hundred uh, at the trials. Okay, but okay, um, good. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. However, the, who do you put on the team? Like, who is the no for the sure main person? No, I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, yeah, Montan, you know, whatever. Uh, did Usini ever fall during the trials, or was that just during championships? Or that was during the finals. She fell so many times. Finals, finals. That was world champs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She fell like four different times. I feel like, and it twice was unfortunate every time. But I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, but so the but like Jenny Simpson makes teams. Emma Coburn makes teams. Evan Jager makes teams. Rupp. Yeah. Makes no, teams. it's it, it's it's like I said, it's it's the smallest margin that you you're making you, that the other side I would be in favor of, but like overall I'm still, I'm, I'm holding with, with what the U S does just because I think it's the fairest way to do it. You, you, everyone has the chance to mm-hmm. do it. And if you decide to make it yeah, in the, in the NBA, there might be better teams who 
for whatever reason, an injury, a bad luck, whatever it is, lose in the conference finals. But that's that's the way it is. You have to show up and and do it. Remember when we wanted to change the false start rule because Bolt false started? It's just it's yeah, just great. Like you can't come yeah. up with rules it's, and then just change them the one time that yeah you don't like the outcome of the rule, right? That's not how it works. Yeah. Here's Mike writing in, long time listener Mike. It's good to good to see an email from Mike. Uh, hope he's doing well. Ran with Mike back in the day in uh, in California, and now we've both moved since that nice. point. So I'm excited to, excited to hear what he has to say. My path to beat Bekele. Oh, he's beaten Bekele since I've talked to him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's five steps. He says, I beat Golden Harper in the 1600 in the 5A 2000 Utah High School Track and Field Championships. I took eighth. He took ninth. I heard he might have been sick. sick lucky me. Golden Harper probably provides a lot of pass because he was a monster in high school, but here's the fastest I've found so far. He beat Seth Pilkington in the 1999 Foot Locker West Regional. Seth Pilkington beat Josh Rotinski in the 1600 and 3200 at the 4A 2000 Utah High School State Track and Field Championships. Rotinski beat Rupp in the 2006 NCAA Cross Championship Cross Country Championships, and Rupp beat Bekele in the 2012 Olympics. Boom. That's my oh, era. I, I recognize all those people. I recognize every single one of those names. Because yeah, I was to say like these. Uh, I'm looking at these. Yeah, anytime you could beat like a Foot Locker guy, that's going to help you out. <laughs> it's going to open up some uh, some paths here. It's going to really make things easier. Uh, so here's Matt. I might have beat someone who worked at Foot Locker once, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I beat a guy in a referee jersey who beat another guy. Yes. It was... uh, so here's one from Matt, formerly from DC, or sorry, formerly from Virginia, now from DC. Um, yeah, he's getting to Bekele and let's count these steps here. He beat Chan Young Lee in, in a 3,200 Chang Chan Young Lee beats Syed Matan. Matan beats Sean McGordy. McGordy beats Pat Tiernan. Pat Tiernan beats go. Chez. Chez beats Chalimo. Chalimo beats Lagat. Lagat beats Bekele. I like when I recognize the first name. Like, you know, when he's like, Sean McGordy. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. All right, we're, in. <laughs> we're in. That guy's <laughs> running really fast. Uh, he says, the last one is definitely the most interesting here, as it seems to me that a lot of people who emailed in went Chalimo, Idris, Farah, Bekele. You can go one faster with using Legat instead. The race I've linked here has one yeah. of the fastest finishes I've ever seen. So he has the Legat beating uh, Bekele. So if you've beaten, if you have a transitive win over Chalimo, he's basically saying you also have a transitive win over Legat. And then you go Legat to Bekele. You you can skip the Idris Farah with just the Legat step. So a little hack there. I like it. People are, yeah, people are getting very creative. Any way to get there. Yeah. Um, we got some money here from uh, Alex. Sent us 4% of 4%. <laughs> Sent 10% to the Vaporfly fund. Uh once 24 other listeners donate 4% as well, Jason can finally enter the live shoe era. <laughs> very, very kind of you. We're, yeah, we're, we're continuing that. Uh, maybe we'll put that to something, given all the race cancellations. Maybe we'll figure out a way to... to I don't know. If Jason loses all of his money on his trip to Europe, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's the the way this ends. Um, I, I, hopefully, it'll let me you know uh, delay it uh, to, I don't know, summer... Later, I'm I'm scared to win to rebook this. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, maybe it can be your change fees fund instead of your Vaporfly, or buy a pair of Vaporflies, <laughs> flip them, and then with Vaporflies, I might be able to run there, so it'll be good. <laughs> um. Okay, let's go. I'm going way out of order here. 
Uh, here's one from no problem. Allison in London. I took the attached pick. Yeah. And it's of uh, the oh, Cuddy Sark. this one. Cuddy Sark Pub. Well, on an autumn run, but never it's got around to sending pub. it in as a suggested destination for Jason's London visit. I'm guessing I currently wouldn't get great odds on us sinking a pint of ale together there in April. Here's hoping a house to run pilgrimage to this fine host- hostelry can be organized at some point and stay well. In the meantime, that is Allison from London. That's a cool looking bar, right? I mean, that's that's some place you want to go and have a couple beers. Like that just looks awesome. Yeah, I'm not even that into beer, but we'll go there one day, Jace. I think you and I need to be there. Yeah, that's. I'm looking up exactly where this thing is at. But she's in London, so I'm assuming it's, it's not London. too far from there. <laughs> I think it's it's got to be by the it's ship. A f- yeah. Oh, it's right on the right on the right on the coast. Oh wow! It looks really nice. I like this. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. Um, here is Tim. He's got a transitive property one. He says, this very well could be the Rosetta Stone for many people who want to compare themselves to all-time greats. The 2013 <laughs> Ucrops Monument Avenue 10K in Richmond, Virginia. I ran this race, but only as a pacer, as I was managing the local running store at the time, and we sponsored a training team. Because of that, I have no official result. However, People wouldn't be interested in whether they beat me or not. They'd be more interested in who finished 201st. 3,000 meter and two mile world record holder and former 5,000 meter world record holder Daniel Komen. I met Komen the day before Oof. at the expo and we chatted for a bit. He and my pace group ran about two miles with him before he pulled away. He finished in 39.22. I know what? what some people are thinking. Of course he ran slowly. He was past his prime. True. Komen at the time was 15 years past his stellar mid 90s results and at the ripe old age of 36. However, that logic falls apart when we realize that Coleman is actually younger than Bernard Legat and Mebka Flesky, and he's only seven months older <laughs> than Abdi Abdurrahman. For further reference, Legat won World Championship Silver in the 5,000 at age 36. Abdi was 39 when he finished third in New York, and Meb won the Olympic Trials Marathon at 36 and the Boston Marathon at 38. He then continued his serious career for yet another three years. Anyway, I personally can't show an official result to link myself to beating a guy who basically unlocks victories in one or two steps over Geb, Bekele, El Garouge, and countless others. It would have been an extra sweet deal uh, for the masses, if I add, because I have some real stinker performances over my high school and college careers that would have given hundreds of runners a two-degree victory over the GOAT 8 lapper. I'll include a link to the results so you can post it as a resource for anyone who thinks they might be one of the 200 individuals who straight up beat a world record holder on that day, and also for those who maybe beat one of those runners ahead of him in another race. Man, Ucrops Monument Avenue 10K. I mean, Daniel Coleman has one of the greatest like what-if careers ever because he ran just that yeah. ridiculous world record, um, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, he's thir- I'm 36, so it's not that's doesn't seem that old uh, to for him to quite fall that low. I mean, you'd have to think he could roll out of bed like and run 16 minutes. Like I don't know what was happening here. I mean, well, it's he a 10k. It's a 10k. His... Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was 5k. 39. Oh, I was looking 39 minutes. Okay. But, yeah. Even that, I'm surprised. I still think he could roll out of bed and run. I don't know. People should watch his yeah. People should watch his races on uh, YouTube. Like the world record races are nuts. So yeah, he's listed at forty three years old. Uh, he won the five thousand in nineteen ninety seven. 
720 for the 3K. 720. Do that math, folks. Two mile, two miles, 758. So, okay. So those were 96 and 97. Uh, he had a season in 98. He had a season in 99. Uh, 2000, he didn't make the Olympic team because maybe he should have been named to the Olympic team. Maybe you guys are right. Uh, and then by 2003, he was he was gone. I mean, by the end of 2003, that was it. I know no one runs the two mile anymore. Is he still the only guy under eight? It's a good question. Didn't Gar- I want to say Garouge ran a fast one? Let's see, I'm pulling it up right now. No, he he's got two 758s. Uh, no one else under under eight. Oh, Gab, Gab with 801. He had 801 three times. Why did I think? Hmm, that's yeah. I mean, I know they ran it at pre a couple times. Uh, so some of the faster times at all time are, are from that. But yeah, 758 is just that's easy to understand about how yes, impossible that is. Absurd. Yeah. Oh, he okay. Did it twice. Yeah, back to back to back sub fours makes sense. Let's do that. Yeah. That's easy. all right. So if you ran that race in 2013. You should write in and, and claim your prize because yeah, you are a lot better than you it's thought. about as good as it gets. You thought you were. Um, okay, let's go to, well, Midwest called in or wrote in about uh, getting the bracket together for this year. So uh, Sorry about that. Yeah. Also, Midwest, I'm mad at Midwest. He's got a podcast and he never told oh. us about it. He never told us about it. He does yeah, a podcast. Yeah, you know, he... Yeah, he he messaged me individually, and I've, I have listened to it, and I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's the, the 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 besides sports podcast. They talk about sports and then talk so, about politics and news and stuff, which I'm interested in all those things. So he it's mess- a crossover between two of your podcasts. So <laughs> he, yeah, him and his uh, co-host Bruno, he said they were uh, recording or they were wearing their house of run shirts when they uh, recorded last week, but. Uh, yeah, the Besides Sports podcast. People should check it out. My kids, sorry, are screaming in the background. Uh, yeah, everything's closed. So, sorry, guys. This is how it's going to be they're, for They're mad. Yeah, that's, I understand. We're, so, why did he message you and he didn't message me? Do people not like me? I guess you're more like the, the friendly personality of the show, whereas I have the harder edge. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think we've, we've mentioned it on the show before, right? Uh, when, it, when it first came out, no. I think we, I think we, we? Threw, it a, threw a little plug. I've literally I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it. If I didn't, I apologize, but I thought I did. Just terrible by you, Jason. Um, okay, here's uh, Kyle in California. Dead yeah. shoe era. Apologies to everyone sick of shoe talk, but there was a precursor to Nike's Alpha Fly giveaway in the 1964 Olympics that I remember seeing in an obituary of Dick Bank, the Look at Mills guy. In addition to working as a spotter for NBC, Bank was an Adidas rep charged with getting Adidas spikes on all the top American runners so they wouldn't win in Pumas. When Billy Mills tried to get shoes from Adidas, Bank's coworker didn't know who he was and turned him away without shoes. When Bank found out what happened, he was enraged and ran out of the booth with a pair of shoes to give to Mills. It's entirely possible, if you buy the marketing from the shoe companies, that Mills wouldn't have won the 10000 and House of Run wouldn't have the key called to open the podcast if Bank hadn't caught up with Mills and apologized. Man, Dick Bank adding to his legend all the time. That's incredible. This is this is big. Talk about two degrees. Of, I love this. Two degrees of House of Run podcast. There, it's pretty good. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's about as impressive as any of them right there. I love it. Luke writes in, formerly from Delaware, still from Delaware. All of these stories are from high school. He's running in with some of his dumbest, most memorable running-related moments, which we're going to need this sort of content, guys, in the coming months. So yep. send that stuff in. It'll help keep us sane. It'll help keep us with the, uh, keep the spirits up a little bit. And also there's no results to talk about. So keep them coming. Luke's got a couple here. As you mentioned last episode, a lot of stories come back to the two-mile, four-by-four double. But in high school, my coach decided to take it one step further at one dual meet. He had his distance guys run in this order, four-by-eight, open 16. Delaware does the 16, not the 15. So does Nevada. Nevada, too. Open 8, 32, then 4 by 4 We were all seeing dead relatives by the end. Two, again in high school, every spring we'd have the thrower's throwdown in which the throwers would race the distance guys in a relay. The throwers ran a 4 by one and two distance guys ran a 2 by 2 It actually being ended up being a fair match most of the time. Tons of fun. Three, one long run up a mountain in college with the club team. I found a weed grinder chalked full on the top of the mountain. Obviously, some people went up there for a good time and left it behind on accident i proceeded to take it back with me sell it to my art major friend for a healthy sum and bought some new running shoes with the profits <laughs> p.s chief who it's amazing oh someone doesn't who doesn't know chief that's crazy well he's just there we have a little, uh, ri- little rivalry going back and forth between uh luke and chief here it's good we we talked about on multiple occasions like running like every event mm-hmm. in a track meet some point in senior like i mean i would have if we if we, someone would have just taken over and said, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. This meet, the 4 by 8 16, 8, 32, 4 by 4 Like, I would have jumped at it immediately and said, absolutely, let's do this. Yeah, I think the problem is track. There's, it's almost like they're, they're too long. You get too much rest, so then it doesn't feel at all like a workout anymore. It feels like six individual hard efforts because our meets <laughs> yeah. would, like everybody's track meet, would go forever, right? Am I remembering this right? They would start at 3. When, when the running event start at 3? Yeah. And then something eight like p.m. finish maybe. Yeah, it was getting yeah because it would always be getting dark by the time the two mile and four by four were were happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially before. So yeah, they, it was a good four to five hours. Yeah, so that's a long time to be setting up the hurdles. Somehow took like forty five minutes <laughs> every time. Like, are the hurdles over? The <laughs> this is every this is every track meet. Are the hurdles over? No, man, the hurdles haven't even started yet. <laughs> yeah. The answer to your question about the hurdles is always they haven't started yet. Don't even bother asking the question yep. because they have not even started. Uh, let's go to – we got a couple from Brian here. He says, hope you and your families are healthy and safe. It's been a crazy few weeks. Seems like the Olympics will be postponed until next year. I cannot imagine being a senior who had prospects of competing at the next level but have my final season canceled. I've read that the NCAA would give athletes eligibility back, but it's not that simple. These athletes' lives are impacted on a very serious level. I don't know what the answer is. Should have known Bekele versus Kipchoge and Cheptegei versus Cam Warrer was too good to be true. That's a bummer, Brian. Come on, man. Lift our spirits here with some... Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm taking ooh. I'm taking full, almost full responsibility for London being canceled. So, yeah. I mean, that's 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 like that was my like 200-level... Um, jinx right there. <laughs> it was an easy double type quality here. Uh, yeah, it was just like, no doubt. Yeah, he had another one from earlier that uh, was like, do you think things will get canceled? So, answer is everything. Yep. Everything. Uh, here's a, here's a funny one. Here's a funny one from John, uh, who's back yeah. for more from the wacky world of Illinois high school athletics. Fortunately, this is more amusing than the strike that almost ruined our cross-country season. The Chicago Public Schools Indoor City Championships have to be divided up into three separate meets due to the size of CPS. 
Last year, they were called Meets A, B, and C. However, in an effort to have more ambiguous names, this year they have changed the names to the Fire Meet, the Wind Meet, and the Earth Meet. Yes, I got an actual no. email prompting what? us to register for the Earth Meet, and yes, I thought it was a joke. No way. I didn't know. Was Earth, Wind, and Fire from Chicago? I guess they are. I, I just, I'm so surprised that's what they decided to go with. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're Chicago. only two away from Didn't Captain Planet, uh, I guess, too. Or maybe they're doing the different... Is it like a Captain Planet reference? Earth. Wind. That's what I mean. Water. Yeah, they only have two to go. Heart and <laughs> heart and water is the only ones missing. Yeah. They, I'm guessing this is... They it. are from Chicago, though. They are, Earth, Wind, and Fire is from Chicago. Yeah. Clearly, the names didn't work. However, as the fire meet is obviously meet A, wind is B, and earth is C. If they wanted ambiguous names where you couldn't tell which was actually better, there are better options. The Bekele meet, the Gebre Selassie meet, and the Kipchoge meet, or the Cuddy Sark meet, the Bowerman Towerman meet, and the Albuquerque Convention Center meet. <laughs> <laughs> well oh, that was good. Well done. Here's I'm, one. I'm still blown away. They actually did the earth, wind, and fire meets. That's fantastic. So Anderson's got another uh, transitive sprint property so yeah. the sprint ones are tough he was able to beat van niekirk on this one. Ooh, okay he's but i think what's even more notable though while con- while connecting the dots i found i technically beat Lashawn merritt in that 400 meter road race from september last year do you remember that one yeah that's yeah. right so he beat uh, anderson beat this is anderson from japan by the way he beat joel senek who beat chitty okezi who beat Anderson Devonish, who beat Ricky Morgan Jr. Now, Ricky Morgan Jr. was on that USC 4x4 team that broke the world record. So, mm. That's right. Uh, uh, so Morgan Jr. beat Kamari Montgomery. Kamari Montgomery beat Will London. Will London beat Michael Cherry. Michael Cherry beat Fred Curley. Fred Curley beat Nathan Allen. Nathan Allen beat Tyrell Richard. Tyrell Richard beat LaShawn Merritt. And LaShawn Merritt beat Wade Van Niekirk. There it is. Congrats. That's good. Did Fred Curley never beat LaShawn Merritt straight up? That's what just, I... Didn't that never work together? That's that's what I was wondering. I guess not. I could do... I just think he could cut it, cut it back a couple, but I, I could be I could be wrong. It, maybe that was when... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it just seems like it would have happened once, but I, I could let's be... Go, let's go. Let, we, can go to, we can go to Tila. We can figure this out. Let's go to the 400. This won't take too long, I don't think. Because um, I... No, maybe they never ran. Okay, Fred Curley. Yeah, I'll say it's possible they only raced once or twice when Here we Curley go. was just getting started and Merritt was obviously better. You're about to find out the answer. Oh, no. Well, not really. They, so they're one and one, but in both of the okay. – like Curley's victory over Merritt is at the World Championships in London, but like they didn't actually race. So. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count then. Yeah. Did not both of them or did not reach finals? Like they they like didn't Merritt did he pull out in seventeen or was he hurt? I don't remember. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. I... Let's see, Sean Merritt. Yeah, because if it's a DNF or did we say well if it's if you're in the same heat we count that, but it's not if it's a DNF, right? Right, right, right. Uh, Twenty seventeen. Oh no, he ran. He shouldn't make the final, so they never ran because they, they didn't race against each other in the the heats either. So they weren't in the same heat. Yeah. Okay. So shout if they were out in the same heat. I would have counted it, but since they weren't, no. Yeah. Shout out to Anderson. He's ethical with this stuff, Jason. He's not trying to run up. He's good. He's smart. Stuff. I, you know, 
I should have known better. I'm sure he looked into that. I'm sure he looked at it and was like, God, Curly had to beat Merritt, right? No. Yeah. Didn't happen. Uh, Charleston Paul, forget the shoes, ban BU indoor track, hashtag wheel it again. <laughs> Fair. Short. Quick. I like it. Fast times. There are fast times there. Uh, here's one from Tanya in Portland. She says, it was great fun to listen to your marathon trials preview post-marathon trials. However, of great interest was your bit on names for the Bowerman Towerman. I have two kids currently at the UVO, and they tell me that the students refer to it as the Blunt. I think let's meet at the Blunt sounds pretty catchy and very, very Oregonian. I figure you guys would like to know what the kids are saying. Yeah, I was once one of those students at the UVO, but that was many, many, many years I'm, ago. I'm shocked that some kids from Oregon had some <laughs> reference to that. Yeah. Um, it makes one. sense. For college kids, like that's the most obvious. Yeah, you're right. Good call. Yeah. Here's one from Erica, college runner training for the half from Missouri. For nice. my sports leadership class, it was my turn to present current events on Monday. Given... That Saturday was the Olympic marathon trials. I thought it would be perfect opportunity to teach my fellow classmates about the great sport of running. Now I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a terrible idea. You are right. I attached a copy of the presentation as a reference. When I mentioned that there were 511 women qualifiers and 260 men who qualified, there was nothing but silence. One kid thought that everyone who qualified for the trials made the Olympic team, even after I explained that only the top three finishers make it to the Olympics. Side note, why would it be called trials if everyone made the team? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, when I asked the first question, I only received blank stares and awkward silence. I can only assume that they thought that many women and men running under the Olympic qualifying times were extremely easy. After about 10 minutes of explaining how everything worked and that in major marathons, the elite start is not that big, I finally got an underwhelming discussion. Next topic, Sun Yang, the Chinese swimmer who got busted for doping. I don't follow swimming, but it did mention doping, and I am all for hashtag clean sport. I asked the class... If he thought he deserves the ban, one kid raised his hand and thought that drug testing coming into an athlete's home was an invasion of privacy. Now, we've all sat next to that kid in class. Actually, was that kid Asbel Kiprop? <laughs> actually, in The Stranger by Camus, it's not really what you think it's about. <laughs> uh, he thought the athlete should get a notice on when the drug tester would arrive. I laughed at the idea because then the athlete would have time to prepare for the test, which means they would get away with cheating. Many of my classmates thought he shouldn't be stripped of his Olympic medals, which I disagree with. I apologize for the lengthy email. Hopefully this made sense. First time email or listener since October 2018. Hashtag team state. I think most people would say, nice. I'm going to the state meet, not I'm going to the states meet. The second option makes no sense. Hashtag runners are a different breed. Thank you too. Erica, yeah, I don't have much hope for your... Uh, your classmates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I, I commend you for trying. It's it's extremely difficult to to explain. I mean, because we sometimes try to explain running logic or stuff on the show, and we struggle immensely. And that's to people who choose to listen to a running podcast. So, yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. Next time, do the difference between uh, that. Tell them that sixteen hundred is not a mile. Just go from there. Oh, they'll just be like, wait, no, no, it is. That's what my middle school t- and teacher I, told me. And I ran 330. A- have everybody write yes. down their mile time from middle school. That would be an interesting experience. Yeah. That would actually be really interesting. Yeah. And then and then tell them what the mile world record holder is. Like the mile world record is. <laughs> That'd be fun too. All right. Here is Robert. First time emailer. 
long-time listener, both in the lead-up to the Olympic trials and seeing all yeah. the post coverage, I see this unsettling trend of either looking over or dismissing Sally Kibiego's performance. It seems that she is non-existent in post-race analysis except to say, wow, I can't believe she made it. Also, Jake Rowley and Molly Seidel are on every podcast, yet Sally is ignored. Recently, I heard she was pregnant while running second in New York. She said so on Lindsay Hines' pod. And she's a global medalist. Thoughts? I think I think Sally Kipiego fell into the gap of, like, well-known enough to where she could have – people thought she could make the team, but not so well-known that it was, like, a Des Linden situation where she's, like – been around on the marathon scene. Now she's obviously been really good on the track, but she hasn't been around on the marathon to have that like identity as someone who's definitely going to make this team. Um, that would be my guess. Um, and just, I don't know. It's tough. Cause it's like, there's a finite amount of stories that are written. And then, I mean, even I feel like Seidel's getting more talk than Tulimuk, right. And Tulimuk won. Yeah, I think Seidel's getting the most because it was just the complete, like, holy crap, this is, you know, that's the that's the complete out-of-nowhere story, so, mm-hmm. which is usually the the favorite, you know, story among people. Like, people love an underdog and, you know, like, the holy crap, this is her first marathon, and she didn't even, she, you know, she thought, well, she wanted to finish top 20, and she ended up, you know, getting second. Um, but I think it's fair what he's saying is, like, like yeah, like, Kip Yego is legitimately, you know, a two-time medalist, mm-hmm. um, not in the marathon, but in the 10,000. Uh, she's extremely good uh was not picked to make the team you know she would have been outside of like the big five she would have been in that next group Mm -hmm. um so it just she she made the team she overachieved she should absolutely get get credit for that but uh, yeah i guess she does kind of fall just in that kind of between she didn't win the race so you don't get that situation she wasn't the huge underdog so she doesn't get that situation she's like the the veteran who's been around for a while Mm -hmm. and it's like make the team and like that should be good enough but i guess you know, because if the team was Linden, Huddle, or say, or whatever, and Kipiego, I think Kipiego would be getting a lot more play right now. If she grabbed a flag for her meters from the finish when fourth place was right behind her, like Jake Riley did, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a b- bold move for also, sure. Also, Jake, Jake, um, Jake yeah. Riley's just doing Jake Riley is doing every media opportunity and it's awesome too so i think that just sort of like builds because people hear him and they're like oh come on the next one come on the next one come on the next one and as someone who's booked guests for podcasts before that sort of stuff matters because uh you hear it and you're like oh that person like they're willing to come on and they'll they'll chat about this so not to say she wasn't i don't know but i think that just sort of like that that he's he's a very good uh he's a very good storyteller and he's been really open about his his struggles in the sport and obviously his successes now as well. We got what actually we have four yeah, more, but I, I want to save three of these for next time. We got one from uh, Marshall about a, the 10th place finisher in the women's side. And then we got two more transitive champions, but I want to read this one from cam in Georgia. A very funny email. And I'd like to, to read it yeah. to you now, Jason. He says, Hey guys, thanks for coverage. Of Olympic trials last week. The pre-race info really helped me prepare to watch it live, and I wanted to share my on-the-ground perspective. Uh, he says, sorry, I couldn't make it to any group runs that weekend. I had to settle for occasionally singing the American record song during the race to try and summon any other friends of the pod. 
if you've ever been at a cross country race where the crowds are sprinting from spectating spot to spectating spot, imagine that with traffic and you have the Olympic trials. During one such sprint, I found myself running alongside Jerry Schumacher and Shalane Flanagan, who jokingly contemplated bribing a traffic cop to let us get through a busy side street. My friend made Dan Nestor in second place laugh at the six-mile mark by screaming, they're right behind you, when in fact he had a 30-second gap on the chase back at that time. <laughs> I also got some fun insight by watching the thousands of runners and handful of pros running around during the open marathon the next day. I spotted Des doing a surprisingly quick shakeout up and down the flattest street she could find and watching Jared Ward apologizing to two 10-year-old fans for not making the team. Cue heartbreaking sound effect. Oh. Jeez. Finally, while at the one-mile mark during the open marathon, I watched a man grow in- increasingly distressed while trying to exit his hotel's parking garage. The only exit emptied onto one of the streets closed for the race, and I watched as thousands of marathoners blocked him in for over 45 minutes. Only when I got closer oh. did I realize it was Andrew Weeding. When I checked Instagram <laughs> later that day, lo and behold, there was a video from that same parking garage of him trapped with only the caption, flight leaves in two hours. Not sure if he made it on time, but if it's any consolation, I can assure him this is not what people mean when they complain about traffic in Atlanta. Thanks for all the good work you do. Cheers. Oh, uh, that's great. Uh, great payoff there. At the end. Yeah. I mean, man, the, the amount of, you know, dislike running celebrities that you come across and then just to have Andrew in it. And, and we all like, I mean, Hey, we're all runners, but like, there's nothing more frustrating than like not being able to like get, you know, make that one turn you need to do or like get out of that garage. Like you're just stuck there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the, it, it, it infuriates me. It's, it's such a difficult situation to be in. And I'm sure he's like, you know, Hey, he's a professional runner, a great runner. Um, but just the, the, the irony of that is kind of hilarious. Wait, there's a marathon again? I thought there was just one on the Olympic trials. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, everybody, so much for writing in. Once again, the email address is houseofrun at gmail.com. You can also do a voice memo. Send it our way as well. We'll get to the ones from Adam and Marshall and Michael from Tonbridge in the UK next week. Um, but wanted to be sure to check uh, touch base again Excuse me, with you guys after being off next week. Hope everybody... Stay safe out there. Listen to the experts. Listen to a lot of podcasts. Call your loved ones. Do be smart, though. Let's be smart, okay? Can we do that? Yeah. Let's do that. I think that's fair. It's a fair request for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and now Jason, who's partying for St. Patrick's Day tomorrow? Just, you're in charge of Las Don't Vegas. You're in charge of keeping Las Vegas Don't in line. That. Can you do that, please? Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna probably drink a drink a green beer at my house. So, I think we still got some food coloring around somewhere. I don't know. We'll find out. And uh, th- Jason, thanks for coming back on. Appreciate it. Um, I know it's been super rough. Again, my best to you and uh, your family. Uh, but on behalf of the listeners, it's uh, it's great to have you back. No, yeah, thank you. I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I always love doing the podcast and the listeners and everything it's just so amazing and i really appreciate the uh the nice words and uh i was out drinking with the family uh last week and you sent us a bar <laughs> next next rounds on me uh Venmo, which was which was very much appreciated you got it man and you guys need you let me know um and we will we'll talk to everybody next week jessica ennis stay safe out there